Hey everyone, I am Reva and just want to take a moment and thank you for listening to our studio podcast. Although we are here in Greenville, South Carolina, we are grateful for your support to see the message of Jesus go out all over the world. In case you are not aware, we have a YouTube channel, which you can find the link in our podcast bio. We hope you enjoy this week's talk and it encourages you and it helps you to be the human God designed you to be. So with that, let's get right to it. Thank you. It was so weird not being here last week. I think it was our, my second Sunday that I've missed since we opened. And I missed you guys. I just want to look around the room. It's good to see all of you. Travis, it's always good to see you. You guys are just good looking people. When um, I was gone, I went to go visit our daughter, Selah, and thank you, you, Eric sent a video of you all saying hi, and it was, um, honestly, I was like, oh, I missed you guys so much more. Um, I was in L.A. Did you pray for me? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it was great to be in L.A. L.A. is L.A. I mean, there's so many great things. We had good food. My daughter's, our daughter's having so much fun there, but um, it was great to go, and it was great to leave, and... Um, <laughs> And then went up to Reading, and that was fun too. It's such a familiar area, and got to see some family. And um, then I flew back into Greenville, and just felt peaceful. I love flying into GSP. I love looking out the window. I'm a window looker. Like if you, I just sit there and I try not to be rude and leave the window open if it's too bright. But I just like to look at the land. And I flew into LA, and there was like a yellow orange haze over it. Um, I think it's smog. And um, just as much as you could see, the land was covered with stuff. And it, with it, there's so much you know, stuff going on and creativity and people move there to make their dreams come true. And you can feel all of that stuff. Um, and so there's beauty in every land. And then I went into Reading and I flew out at nighttime, not as many lights. And it was because it's a little more rural and it was great to be there. And I driving down the road at 1230 in the morning um, because I flew in late at night. And I'm like, wow, it's so dry here. And then the, the next day I realized it's actually a desert. This is a desert. It is so weird that I lived here for so long. And, um, and it's beautiful, but it's a beautiful desert area. And then I fly back into Greenville and I see all the trees and land out the window and I get out and I'm like, and the air just gives you a hug. I mean, it's so nice here. And then do the lush green, there's so much life. It just feels so good to be here. And I'm so thankful to be back with you guys. I miss you and um, excited to be together. Um, I feel, I don't know, my heart feels tender. I feel tender and thankful for all that God is doing in us. I feel thankful that he's allowing us to be here together. And I feel thankful for the opportunity that we get to give our lives to him while we're here on the earth. And um, I wanted to open up with just, this is a statement that we've said probably over the summer, because as we've th- prayed about the fall, there's three things that we just want to continue to grow in as we're establishing our studio family, as we're establishing our lives in the Lord. And it's that we would be a people of strong faith, that we'd be a people of contagious hope, and we'd be a people of enduring love. These are not like really, lo- these are not big, exciting things. These are deeper things, things that you might not see on the outside, but it's what we live from. It's who we are. They're foundational things. And I want to start out reading 1 Corinthians 13. It's a scripture that we all know well. You could probably quote half of it with, um, in, at any time. But the context of Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 
is the scripture before it talks about the body and diversity of the body and gifts. And the scripture or the chapter directly after it talks about gifts. So this scripture is in the light of gifts. And I love the gifts. We've talked about Holy Spirit this summer a lot. And we love all the parts of God, all the gifts of God. We want them all. I want to be able to prophesy. I want to be able to have hospitality. I want to be able to teach. I want to be able to step into all who God's created me to be. And then there's this chapter right smack in the middle. And I just feel like there's something that I want to continue to grow in the deepest places of who I am so that whatever I grow in, it'll always be out of this. And so 1 Corinthians 13, though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. You've heard it many times, but I'd love for you just to listen and let it see, just kind of soak in. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I do not have, do I do not love, I am nothing. That one's just a little scary because faith is a really big thing. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then it says, you could have faith, but without love, I am nothing. I'm like, oh, there's giving me a little bit of priority going on right now. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but um, have not love, it profits me nothing. Continuing in verse four, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. This is love. It's really easy to talk about and to read. It's a whole other thing to live this out. I feel God's heart. My prayer is that he would purify us tonight with his love, that we wouldn't just read this and put it on our wall. But even as we are worshiping God and dancing around and clapping, talking about how good he is, that our life would be a fragrance night and day, my prayer that it really comes out of this place right here, that it comes out of maybe something that you would never see of me. It's out of my heart that God would establish us in love and not just, but it would be a love that endures all things. And then I love verse 13, now abide faith, hope, and love. But these three but the greatest of these is love. So my prayer tonight, God, is that you would fill us with your love. God, even as we sit in this room, I pray, God, help us to open our hearts and just to receive what you're giving out right now. And I pray that your love would go deep and touch places that maybe we've not let you touch before, that we kind of sectioned off and compartmentalized. So we welcome you, Lord, we welcome you into our lives and into this room and into our stories. And we just say, come and have your way. Amen. Tonight's a heart message. And I, um, I love the heart. I love the heart because it encapsulates all the things um, that we can't see. You know, you can see my outside, but we just, it's the Lord's the one who knows the heart. And I love it because it is the place we live from. Proverbs 4.23, I put in three separate translations because I love them all. In the NIV, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. That's a really big thing. Everything you do flows from your heart. Okay, um, New King James Version, 
Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. A lot of it comes out of your mouth, but it comes from your heart first. And then the passion translation. So above all, guard the affections of your heart for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being for from their flows the wellsprings of life. These are huge things. And I, what I care most about in life is I just, I love adventure. I love health. I love deep, rich relationships. And I want to live a long, healthy, good life. When Jesus came to set us free, like that's, it was for freedom that he came to set us free. And I want I want every measure of freedom. I don't want to live in a cage. I don't want to box myself inside because of the choices I make. And when I read these scriptures, I know that a lot of it happens right in my heart, what I choose to partner with, what I choose to keep, what I choose to let go. And so tonight's a heart message. And really, my hope is that we are healthier when we leave this place. (laughs) And healthier in a deep space. And I know we are because we already worship God and stuff just rearranges and changes inside of us when we worship Him. But as we live from the heart, and we go after relationships. We know we're relational beings. Even there's so much research and science that says we are so much healthier living connected. People who live longer, one of the biggest things is they have connections and relationships. So we know that it's important. It's one of the biggest desires of my heart as I want want to be in spaces where I'm known, where I know, where people love me and champion me, where I do that to other people. And not just through social media, but actually in real life and in real touch and real sharing food together that we just get this deep, rich life that we were created for with the Lord, but also with each other. But to do that, we have to be open. I mean, I've learned over the years, I can't make connections for you. I could open doors for you. I could ask you how you are. I could invite you over to my house for dinner, but you are the one that gets to decide how much you want to show up. You could be in the room, but not fully show up. How are you? I'm good. You can tell me whatever you want. But to have connection, someone has to be willing to be open, has to be willing to take a risk, has to be vulnerable, and has to keep their heart open. It's from this, this thing right here is so important. And I just want to speak to us that we just are people of courage who put themselves out there and who have health enough to step in and show up, but also to give themselves out to other people. But here's the thing about connection and risk is what happens when it doesn't turn out like what you think? What happens when someone doesn't respond like you think? When they're not really who you think they are? Because that happens, that's the scary thing about relationships, is you're, we're only one side of them. And so tonight, I, I want to talk about the things that actually cause pain in our lives, because I believe the Lord wants to heal us. I, think, I believe that the Lord wants to take walls that we have that we might not even know that we have because we had to protect ourselves. Do you know that we're not, supposed to, we're not supposed to be protecting ourselves? It actually is the Lord's job. We can guard our heart, but He is the protector of our lives. He is the one who gives us life. And we box ourselves in sometimes and don't even realize it, why we don't feel fully alive. And so tonight I actually want to talk about the things that cause us pain. I think that betrayal is one of the toughest things that we get to navigate as humans and in relationship. And there's different levels of betrayal. Um, 
then there's rejection. There's different forms of abuse that we experience when we put ourselves out there because you're vulnerable. Anytime that we put ourselves and open up our heart and um, we trust, then we make ourselves vulnerable. Violations of trust, disrespect, and some often, well, uh, there are some times that people do it intentionally where we are inflicted pain. We step, we get, we experience pain because of other people. Sometimes it's because they intentionally meant to hurt us, but so many times it's unintentional. And there's so many reasons that we experience these things. I think um, sometimes it's just lack of character, lack of experience from them, maybe their leadership style, their lack of self-awareness, awareness of others, maybe their own hurts, their own flaws. There's so many reasons why people act like they act or even their own weaknesses. I've had people in my life that um, were in positions of authority that didn't like confrontation. And you would think it would just hurt them, but it doesn't. When they're in places of authority, it hurts all the people underneath them too. When they're not willing to confront and to say no or to stop something, then everyone who's underneath them gets to experience the abuse of their lack of confrontation. And so I've gotten the opportunity to work through forgiveness in that area. I mean, you name it, there's, I don't know how to have relationship and not experience pain because I haven't met a perfect person yet. But yet the Lord calls us to be in relationship. And so as believers and followers of Christ, I'm going, okay, Lord, what do we do with the pain that we have experienced? Because I believe the Lord wants to heal us tonight, to heal us in spaces that maybe we don't even wanna go to, but the Lord in his kindness is gonna love on us even in those spaces. Betrayal. Psychologists agree it's one of the worst kinds of emotional pain in human being can experience in life. What makes betrayal especially painful is that it is inflicted by those closest to us. A trusted friend, loved one, or confidant. The longer and deeper and more intimate our relationship with our betrayer, the more severe our pain over the betrayal is. There is the depth of betrayal in those intimate spaces is the most heightened. And those are the spaces I love to cultivate. But it's so crazy that that's the space that makes us the most vulnerable. And it's the spaces of, your, of our family. How many people have experienced hurt in family? I'm like, uh, your spouse, your parents, your kids, your siblings, the people that know you. And it's in those spaces of protect, like where you're supposed to be protected and they're supposed to look out for you and cover you when they choose to do something and it causes, it causes even deeper pain because you would expect the opposite. Other places that happens often is the church. Have you ever been hurt by someone in the church? Have you ever been hurt by the church? It can be big things. It could even be theological or organizational moves that they do. Like that is really painful, that choice, even on a large scale. And then you go down to an individual scale and you would hope and expect something so much kinder and nicer. And then sometimes you get the opposite, whether it could be as little as just personality differences and they had no clue that you needed them to go slow and yet they were running a sprint and they ran right over you in the process and they didn't realize it. Sometimes it's un unintentional, but yet we get the opportunity to figure out, Lord, what do we do when we actually experience pain? Because the Lord does not want us to stay in this place of pain because often in pain, we isolate, we numb, we build up boundaries Boundaries are good, but when they become such barriers that no one can jump over them, then you live a life, life isolated, even if you're in public and you don't realize how, why you're lonely, but it's because no one has access to your heart because you had to put up such a big wall. 
And I wanna invite you guys, but I also wanna, I just wanna challenge us to invite God all the way into every one of those spaces that we wouldn't live a half of a life. That we wouldn't live with, you know what happens too is my, I do this one, it just hardened my heart. I just get it nice and hard because then if it's hard, it can't break and it can't get tender. I'm like, that's the opposite of who the Lord is and who he's called me to be. So this is a good heart message. <laughs> so in talking about heart stuff, and I'm, you know, we're all on a journey and there's still so many space, in the, even in this for me, I'm on such a journey with my own heart and relationships. But in that space, I'm really encouraged and I'm following two specific people in the Bible. And the first one I want to talk about is Joseph. Joseph in the Old Testament. And um, I wrote down some specific things because I'm going to cover chapters 37 through 50. That's a lot of chapters. A lot of stuff transpires in Joseph's life. But there's stuff that I look at him and I'm like, oh, you could do it. That means I can do it. I could, I could make choices like this. It begins at 17, and from chapter 37, Joseph is 37 or 17 years old, and it starts out that he is um, one of 12 sons. Jacob is his father, and Jacob loved Joseph. It says loved him the most, and his brothers knew it, and it made, did they love him more for it? No, they actually hated him, and I couldn't imagine what it would be like to have that level of favor on your life that you actually caused even the ones closest to you to hate you. So this is Joseph. And then in his youngness, he has these dreams, these two dreams. And in the dreams, it's first, um, basically his brothers are going to bow down to him in these dreams. And then he chooses in his youngness to tell his brothers. I mean, as he got older, I'm sure he would make different decisions. But at 17, he told his brothers. And then there begins Joseph's story of, first one, I even put it in bold, is betrayal. Betrayal from the people that knew him most, besides his father, is his brothers. And his brothers chose to sell him. He was sold for 20 shekels of silver to um, Egyptians. And then he was a slave in Egypt. And then the story, this poor guy experiences bad and then worse and worse. It's just a story that you would not wish upon anyone. So he is sold, he um, is in, first he's a slave, and then as he's a slave, he gets unjustly accused, and then he gets put in prison. So mind you, Joseph hasn't done anything wrong except for share two dreams that he had. Maybe not the wisest decision, but he's in prison, and um, once again, there's a butler and there's a baker, and they share dreams, and he interprets their dreams. Isn't God the one who interprets dreams? So he interprets their dream, and Joseph is faithful through all these scenarios, and here's a crazy thing that actually violates my theology, and I thought I'd just share it with you. When Joseph is, violates, uh, it's challenging for me. When Joseph is sold, when he is enslaved, when he is in prison, do you know that it says in all of those situations that God was with him? That God wasn't only with him, but that God caused him to prosper. And it said that he was a successful man. And I'm like, that does not look like success to me, Lord. I don't know if I should be praying for success, if that's what success is. 
But that's what the scripture says about Joseph. In Joseph, uh, Genesis 39, 2-3, it says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And this was in the house of Potiphar. It also says this when he was in jail, that they put him in all the places that he was. They put him in places of authority. So it was exactly what his dream was. But isn't it interesting when we get dreams and words and we think we know how they're going to transpire? You're like, whoa, this is not what I was thinking. Um, but I'm, ins- I'm inspired by Joseph because through it all, he was diligent, he was honoring, he was faithful. And enough to where he interprets the dreams of the baker and the butler. One of them ends up dying. One of them ends up getting restored back to the position, the butler. And so then he, and he goes, when you go back to, um, to Pharaoh, Make sure to tell him about me. Like, he's like, I'm going to get out of here. Make sure to tell him about me. But this is, once again, his, the story continues. Guess what? The, who forgot? The butler forgot about Joseph. So it continues. It says, it was a long two years. A long two years. Do you ever feel like you're in a long two years? Well, Joseph was in a long two years. So then finally, uh, Pharaoh has two dreams, and I can't find anyone to interpret them. And the butler remembers after the long two years. And um, Joseph comes up, uh, interprets the dreams, and with it all, he finds favor with Pharaoh, and yet once again gets put in a position of authority, a direct authority underneath Pharaoh over all the land. And so then you're lots of years later, quite a journey, and... Then we get it to the story present is Joseph's brothers with his dad are also in famine because they had seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. Joseph was a part of interpreting that dream. And this is where I'm going to hone in on this story. And when I read this, it causes me, it's hard not to cry because it's the love and the forgiveness that Joseph was able to give in a place of deep betrayal. Could you imagine your siblings first putting you in a pit and then going, no, we're going to kill him. We're going to kill him. We actually hate him that much. Oh, no, no, let's spare his life. We'll sell him for 20 shekels of silver to someone else and he can be a slave and he'll be out of our hair. That's what was done to him. And it's, e- it's easy to read. That's when you're reading the word. When you're reading the Bible, you're like, it's just a story. We already know the ending. It all worked out. But like this was his life. This was his family. Even take a moment right now and just, what, what is the deepest betrayal that you've ever experienced? Just take a moment to think for a moment. The deepest betrayal that you've ever experienced. What would you do if you got put in a position of power and that person came to you with need? So Joseph is in this role of authority in Egypt and they have all the food in a famine and his brothers come for their dad because they don't have any food. And they come to um, get grain, and Joseph recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. And it's his response that brings me to tears because it lets you know, even though he, he does respond well, but it lets you know he, even Joseph was on a journey. It wasn't easy, and it wasn't completely done. And we're going to pick up on the next slide. And it's Genesis 45. One through four, his, his brothers come in and they don't recognize him. Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. Oh, is this the first one? Yes, sorry. Yeah, 45, one through eight. So, okay, so his brothers come in and he, they don't recognize him. He does a little charade. He makes them, um, said, go back and get the youngest brother. I wanna see him. So then they had to come back and they come back in. So Joseph already knows that they're alive and well, knows his dad's alive and well, and he makes them come back and he's still 
recognize who they are. They don't recognize who he is. And um, this is his response. Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. That even lets you know just a little bit of the anguish that Joseph was feeling. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold in Egypt. But even Joseph's response to say to those who betrayed him, come near to me. Like even that, could we ever do that? Could we do that in that same space of betrayal? But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land and there are still five in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. In this scripture, I want you to highlight, I want to highlight that Joseph wept. You know why he wept? Because you know what it was touching? His heart. And you know what he had to have dealt with in the whole time? His heart. Because we have to do something to protect our heart or we have to let God come in and love on it and heal it and forgive her. We cannot offer and draw near to people. It's actually impossible. And then secondly, who does Joseph trust in? Does he trust in himself? Did he trust that his brothers held his life? If his brothers held his life, he would have held everything against his brothers. But Joseph goes even, I'd say, higher or dig down deeper. It says, in my under, I underlined everything that he had um, he attributed to God, for God sent me before you to preserve life. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity. It was not you who sent me, but God. And he has made me father. That is so beautiful, but I'm saying this and highlighting it because it's an opportunity for all of us to grow. In the places that you've been hurt the most, who do you trust? Because it'll make a world of difference on what you choose. Who's your enemy? Who's the one that gives us life? And I just want to say tonight, let's dig down deeper. There is a rock and it's not the person who did something against you, whether they meant it on purpose or whether it was an accident. But there's something that is much stronger and much more solid than every experience that we've ever had and everything that's ever come against us. And I want to finish with chapter 50. It's the very ending. Joseph's dad had just died. And so it changed things up again. Because when his dad was alive, there was something, you know, the father's still there. And his brothers started to get worried. Uh-oh, dad's dead. Now Joseph's really going to come after us. Because they were horrible to him. And then you could see Joseph's response again in chapter 50. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Pharaoh, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for the evil which we did to him. Isn't it awesome that they actually acknowledged it though? You know, it's really, it's hard for me when people don't acknowledge when they do something so evil. And that even makes pain more complicated. <laughs> so they sent messengers to Joseph saying, 
Before your, daughter, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus um, you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespasses of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespasses of the servants of God of your father. And look at Joseph's response again. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face and they said, behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Why would Joseph be able to respond like that? How would we ever be in a position to respond like that? I don't think we're going to be able to do this life in a way that's healthy and close and connected without his love. I think it's impossible without his love. It's impossible. So the best thing that I can do for you, if I love you, is to go, we need more of God's love. More of God's love. How much have you encountered? You need more. Let it go deeper. Let it go deeper. Let it touch every part of our story, every part of our heart, every relationship. I don't know your story. I don't know how unjust it was, but I bet you some of you have some crazy stories in here. And I just want to say, God's love is even greater than your story, is even greater than your experience. And we, we aren't, we're not supposed to stay the same. He did not create us just to stay as we are. So I want to challenge us tonight. And as I'm, if, if Wesley's in here, if you'd come up on the keys, I want to challenge us. And I want to ask you, why do you think Joseph wept? Did he weep because it was so much pain that his brothers caused him? And he lost so many years with his family? Did he weep because God was that good, was with them through the entire time and blessed him through every part of his story that made his heart to be tender and his heart to be open? That he wept because could God really be that good? Could God's love be so good that it put you above your story and not under your story? I'm a testimony right here. I can tell you, I've have, I have crazy stories. You wanna talk family? We can talk family. I went back for my stepdad's uh, memorial. That's why I was gone last weekend. But I had, to, I had such an interesting relationship with him because he was a man that was really tormented his entire life. And he got to be my stepdad. And he tried, but even in his trying, he wasn't very good at connection because he had so much torment. And that was who I got to be raised with. And so I have crazy stories and God has loved on me and protected me every part of the way. And uh, I mean, I just, I got to go to someone's house and I wore the other girl's clothes to school because I didn't have any clothes because we had to run away in the middle of the night. It's like, yes, that's part of my story. And God was so good to me through it all. I would go to sleep with tennis shoes on at nighttime because I was afraid that if he came after us or got mad when he was drinking, like what, at least I'd have tennis shoes so I could be outside. And I want to tell you that even in the stories of people who did wrong to me, God's loved on me and protected me and cared for me in every one of those spaces. And I can say I completely forgive my stepdad. We didn't have a great relationship because I didn't really know how to relate to him. But I did my best to honor him. And even in his passing, I went to his memorial 
and I found some nice things to say about him that he tried to connect. That was my nice thing. That's the best I could say. That he, I did know that he tried to connect with me and my daughters and I appreciated that. But tonight I just, I wanna talk about really how powerful God's love is and how much we need it in every one of our relationships. And so even as you're sitting there right now, I just want you to take a moment. We're all on a path to healing. And today I believe that we have an opportunity to put a marker in the ground. A marker in the ground that we get to decide what you walk out of here with. You can walk out of here just like you came in. Maybe you have family history like me. Maybe you've already forgiven them. Sometimes you have to keep forgiving them every day. Maybe you're in one right now. Maybe it's something really long ago that was happened to you that was wrong, unjust. Maybe there's something recent. But we have the opportunity right now to invite God right in the middle of it. And you can walk out nursing pain or you can walk out after inviting God right in the middle of it. So why don't you stand with me tonight? There was one more person in the Bible that inspires me on this journey of healing and forgiveness. And it's Jesus, our Lord and Savior. He's the King of all. And as the Lord, the great I am, this was his response why he was being murdered and mocked in an unjust way, betrayed. He said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. That is love. We need more love because if you're around people, I know you have stories, you have experiences. And tonight we get the opportunity to invite God right in the middle of it. God's hearts for reconciliation and freedom and forgiveness is a gift. Cause you know what forgiveness does, it frees. Anyone experience a level of freedom when you invited Jesus in your heart and you received his forgiveness? It frees. It's like you can breathe in and breathe out. You can move forward or you can take a step back because in freedom you get a choice. You're not bound. And when we, when we dig down and we anchor ourselves in the Lord, regardless if it seems just or unjust, he will provide for us. He already has provided for us. We experience his forgiveness, but we also can give it away. So tonight I want to ask, is there anyone here that you need to forgive? Is there anything why I'm talking that your heart's kind of beating and like, I mean, I could go there. I just want to say you have an we have an opportunity tonight. We could walk away a lot freer than we came in here. And maybe someone wouldn't notice around you, but you'll notice because your chest will be a lot lighter tonight. Your body will notice, your spirit will notice, and your future will notice. I wanna skip forward to the next slide, to two more slides, and just talk about relational healing, just for a moment, because then we're gonna pray. Relational healing, I believe for that to take place, there needs to be acknowledgement. Acknowledgement of what is it that transpired or what is going on. And then for us to be a part of it, we need to own our feelings and our actions. This all seems super elementary, but I don't see it happen very often. That's why I'm going through it. You would think we all know, but when we're in the middle of it and our emotions are strong and our opinions are strong, we kind of forget to even go 
first acknowledge what happened? What part did I play? Oh, I acknowledge I'm sad. I'm sad. Why am I sad? Because of what just happened to me. That did not, that felt really unjust. Or I acknowledge that I'm sad because I think I betrayed someone when I shared their secret and I shouldn't have. And then you own your feelings and your actions. Yes, I'm the one who did that. I shared that secret and they asked me not to, but I was so excited. I wanted to share it or whatever. You can justify, but what were the actions? And then the next one is forgive and release. If something's happened to you, you can hold on to it and you can feel really powerful and it'll take you right down to the pit of hell with it. That's what happens when we hold on to um, unforgiveness. It takes us right down. Or if you were the one that actually caused pain to someone else, you can repent. Lord, I repent for actually sharing that secret and causing pain to my friend or pain to someone. And then it says actually to pray, to pray for one another in, a, in healing. It's James 15, 5, 16, that we would pray and it says we would be instantly healed when we acknowledge, when we confess. Basic steps for healing. So I just want to ask, Brad, you can close your eyes. Lord, I pray right now that you would just show us our hearts. And if there's anything in us, Lord, that we've been holding on to that we don't need to hold on to anymore, whether it's been wrongs that have been done to us intentionally, unjustly, or accidentally, I pray that you would show us if there's anything we need to let go of tonight and that we need to forgive. Because we want to be a, a pleasing fragrance to you the stuff that comes out of our mouth, but also the stuff that we hold in our heart where our life flows from. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, and I just ask if you are getting, if you have anything that you feel like you want to forgive or release forgiveness for, I want you to actually come forward or step in the aisle. I'm gonna ask for a response, not because I need it, but I actually want you to respond because you're actually, you're willing to give it to God and you trust Him. You trust Him with your life and your heart. So if that's you and you want to ask, and you're giving something to the Lord that you're either forgiving someone or you're asking forgiveness for relationally, I want you to step in the aisle or come forward because we're gonna pray and you're gonna be free in areas that you've been bound because that's what, unforgiveness or even things, even if you didn't realize they're holding, it binds us. And it's gonna keep you from being who God's created you to be. I'm gonna take one more moment because there's no reason that you need to leave here the same way you came. And I truly believe that you're gonna experience freedom. And it's between you and God. It isn't about me. It's about you and God. I'm gonna wait a moment because I think some of you guys haven't responded yet. And I love you that much. There's no reason that you need to stay the same because that love that Joseph had and the reason that he could even draw near to his father and he wasn't bound by their actions and injustice against them is because he forgave them and released them and he trusted God. for your love. I want someone's hand on everyone who stepped forward or is in the aisle. I, do, I want a hand on every single person. If there's someone that stepped out and you saw them step out, just go put a hand on them. 
Because there's something about God's love being transmitted when we lay hands on each other even. And there's something about human connection as well. And the physical touch. Just put a hand on the shoulder. You're not alone. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the courage in this room. Thank you for your presence. And right now, we're going to pray just love. We're going to put a target over you and just ask for God's perfect love. Yeah, so God, we paint a target over every single person that stepped out. I thank you for the greatness of your love. I thank you for the power of your forgiveness. And God, we receive your forgiveness anew and afresh for anything that we've done that's been wrong against you, ourselves, or anybody else. Yeah, we release forgiveness. Yeah, I just pray for just another measure of your spirit. We can't do this without you, Holy Spirit. That you would come and fill us. Come and touch every part of our heart. Yeah, I ask for your guidance even now. That you would guide us in places of pain. Yeah, and right now, just put your hands out. If you step down the aisle, I want you to put your hands open before the Lord. And God, we just say, we let go of what we've been carrying. That it's not ours to carry. God, we say we trust you right now. We trust you with our hearts. We trust you with our past. We trust you with our present and our future. It's yours, God. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yes, yeah, so we bless you. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. We bless your heart to thrive. We bless your heart to be full of love. God, I pray that your forgiveness would be fresh and new that it would flow, free flow from heaven to them, through them, and from them. Yeah, thank you, Lord. I'm gonna put a prayer up on the screen and I want us just to, I want, you guys can read it. I wanna pray it over us. Or we can pray it and read it together. It says, we can, let's read it together. We trust you, God, with our hearts, our lives, and our journeys. We invite you into the place where we have been hurt and are still hurting. Show us any ways where we have acted out or sinned against you, ourselves or others. Forgive us for, and there's a big blank, you can put in whatever, and then putting up walls, numbing, hate, jealousy, judgment, bitterness. As we forgive those who have done wrong toward us or hurt us unintentionally. We surrender to you and release those who have hurt us. Fill our hearts with your love, the love that bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and heals our wounds so that we can be whole, free, and healthy. Why don't everyone put your hand on your heart. more of your love. That's what we ask for God. We seek you. And just take a deep breath in. That's one way that we receive. We breathe in your love and what you're pouring out. You give the best gifts. You're the best father. And we trust you. You can provide for Joseph as a slave in a prison in a foreign land. I thank you, God, that you could provide for us right now. Yeah, thank you, God. And I ask for a gift of your love tonight. I Let it be rich. And I pray that even now, let it start 
but let it continue even when we're done. And even when we give the person a hug next to us, let your love even go deeper and let it not be able to be contained inside of us right now. Let it only grow as we give it away. Yeah, so I bless everyone in here. I bless you. I bless you to receive all that God has for you. I bless you to go deeper. I bless you to just let it go deeper in you. I bless you to let it touch every one of your memories. I bless you to let it impact every relationship you have. And I pray that your story is going to be, what happened to you? Your neighbor, your family, your coworkers. What is it that got light in you? Yeah, your love is so good, God. Amen. Amen. My last thing, some of you may need to have more time with God and go through prayer, writing down anything or anyone that comes to mind. Some may need to reach out to someone to own their actions, confess or ask forgiveness. Don't keep it in this room. If there's someone that you've forgiven, send them a text, give them a call, be the crazy one. Come near, I'm gonna come closer. Why would you come close to me? I sold you for 20 shekels of silver. Because there's something about love. There's something about love that's greater than any action that's ever come against you. And some may need to release others to forgive them and just begin to pray for them. You know, that's an easy starting place. It's hard to pray for people that you don't like or that you have something against. It's hard to stay in a place of bitterness when you begin to pray for people because you end up getting God's heart for them. Yeah. Are you guys okay? Your heart's okay? I hope you guys stick around if you want for worship because it's a great place after we've done some heart stuff to even just experience more God's love. Thanks for listening to today's talk. If you're interested in learning more about Studio here in Greenville, you can go check out our website, studiogreenville.com, and you can give us a follow on Instagram. Our handle is studio.greenville. Have a great week.